there is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the twilight zone. We're back. We're back. Red line. <laughs> Just I complete. See. I don't think so. Complete red line. Ah, man. Nothing but greens the here. Cracking, the cracking of the voice. Did you? <laughs> Hey, well, some people can't hear us, so we're the, just going to talk louder. The feedback. Yeah, that, that reminds me. I wanted to apologize to the audience. The episode titled Healing Others, I understand. I heard some feedback from the audience, and uh, the volume's too too low. You have, to, right. you have to blast your car speakers or whatever, your headphones, whatever you're listening to it on. you gotta, you got to blast them out and... And then when you go back to music, <laughs> if you want to listen to this podcast, you got to upgrade your sound system to Bose. <laughs> My wife was listening when she's doing the dishes or whatever. And then she said when she, when it switched back to the, or she switched it back to the music because she oh, forgot she turned shoot. it up. It blew oh, yeah. her, it blew her ears. Yeah. I'm like, Oh my God, I don't want to do that to, oh, my, yeah. to our, you know, our, our audience. I would totally do that. So we're going to um, fix the volume and re-upload that episode because I heard it's good. Sorry for the burp. Oh. Sorry for the... I think there was a burp there. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> Did you was, hear that? Meow. I thought you bought a cool. new pet. <laughs> <laughs> I was eating peanuts. Gotcha. This is the, this is the Purple Pill Show. This I am it. the code. This is the, Tim Bot Das. The advisory. T-Paws, the advisor. <laughs> and uh, this is the show where we suspend our beliefs on what was and what is. And we use our imagination on what is and what could be. Boom. Transcending the Matrix, hacking the 3D, and exiting the Truman Show once and for all. That's it. All right. And this episode is called Spiritual Friends. Forever Friends. Friends. It's called Forever Friends. (laughs) No, no, no. Tim and I got the band back together. We've been recording songs, so. It's been fun. Yeah, we've been we're singing all of our own songs yeah. in our cars and to each other whenever we yeah. see each other. Yeah, um, it's, so it's been fun. It has. And then um, the last, so what did we do? The last one we did was Illusion of Separation. Before that was Healing Others. Right. I think we are So wait, on, the separation one is good on the levels. Separation is good on the levels. It's just, just Healing one. Others. All right. Um, and this is... This is kind of in line. I didn't plan it this way. It's kind of in line with uh, separ- um, the illusion of separation. We're going to go into spiritual friends. Maybe you've heard me use the term on the show before. Um, it's when we we spend a lot of time in scripture. We spend a lot of time in um, in the Bible or with the Master and uh, his and his teachings. And um, every now and then, I'm, I bring out other sources of, of uh, mystical knowledge and spiritual disciplines and. Um, we call those spiritual friends. And so I kind of wanted to do a whole episode on what that means, what that looks like, and uh, why there are spiritual friends, right? And we're all friends. And so 
Well, it's usually because. So we have those like uh, those moments where we'll where we'll do a podcast episode, and then you know two or three days later we'll be reading something, and it just connects with what we just did an episode on. It's like weird. Oh yeah, the right? synchronicity that happens with that one book that you're reading. Oh yeah, um, a course in miracles. Right. And the book you're reading, the Sermon on the Mount. That one, yeah, and it's it's wild. Right, we did the Healing Others episode, and then that was so it's too weird. Yeah, and then a couple days later, <laughs> Tim so was weird. reading Sermon on the Mount, and uh, and it was like exactly what we were talking about on the on the show. It was. I'm trying to find it right now. It was super weird. We met up for lunch, and I read it, and you're like, "Wow, we just did an episode." On that. I was like, "I know, it's too much." The same thing happened to me in my book too. He was talking about healing others and getting rid of the belief that you have of the person so they can become their best self. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking about that too. Um, okay, so we're going to open up with some scripture. And um, so all spiritual disciplines are the Holy Spirit's friends. So the Holy Spirit is the spirit in all things created all things with the son, with the father, and then with the, uh, the Sophia essence femininity as well that we haven't tackled yet, but I got to give a shout out. need my Sophia. And so the spirit descends on everybody at different times throughout history. And sometimes depending on the culture, the Holy spirit descends on, it can come out as Hindu, the message. It can come out as Buddhism, yeah. the message. It can come out as uh, Muslim. It can come out as Jewish. It can come out as general spirituality. It can come out as new thought, uh, spirituality, Christianity, like um, Neville and Dr. Joseph Murphy. Mm-hmm. Um, James Allen. And James Allen. And uh, who wrote your... Um, Emmett, Emma Fox. Yeah, and Emmett Fox. Right. And so... When you go into each of these disciplines and, you, and you're reading these different uh, great, inspiring words, it really connects with your heart and you just know it's Holy Spirit. I mean, it's clear as day. When you, when you start When you feel it. I mean, that's what that feeling is. Yeah. When you commune with the Holy Spirit, when you meditate on the Holy Spirit, then you recognize the Holy Spirit throughout your day and things you read. And you also recognize things that not, are not of the Holy Spirit, right? In the sense of, ultimately, everything is intertwined. But in the sense of negativity, jealousy, hate, suffering, things like that. Right. When you, when you open your mind up more to it, you're more receptive of it. Right. And so, one of the things that happens is we, we have the example of the Master. Always we have the example of the Master. And so, um, in this, uh, in this first scripture we're going to read here, it's Luke nine and, um, Luke nine, uh, verse 51. And it says a Samaritan village rejects the savior. Now you're always hearing in the mainstream churches and stuff and some kind of, um, you know, really passionate Christians will say, uh, if you reject the, if you reject, you know, if you oh, reject, you're done. If you reject Jesus, you're done. You're done. There's just no hope. Doesn't matter how many. Doesn't matter 
you're helping the old ladies walk across the street and you're just agnostic. You, you just, you don't want to pay attention to religion at all. Right. You reject Jesus. You're going to hell. You're going to hell. And so it's clearly, um, it's clearly delusional in my opinion. It's not, <laughs> it's, it's, there is no way that the master is going to do anything, uh, like that, um, to someone that rejects him in the sense of wants to stay in the middle, doesn't want to get involved in some kind of argument or is just a secular person. My grandfather was very, very much like that. He didn't want to talk about religion or uh, spirituality at all. And he gave a good example of why, because in the 1920s when he was growing up, uh, his family was poor, pretty, very poor, uh, great depression. Yes. And, um, everyone was destitute and his dad was working long hours. His mom worked and he had to take care of his siblings, I believe. And, uh, the local, uh, church preacher would come to the house and demand, um, 10% of the income. Really? Yeah. Every, every week, every, every Sunday. And uh, if you well, didn't, heard of that. if you didn't give, you were, you know, shamed and. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And so he, you know, he was like, I'm over it. I'm, if, if this guy's going to ask my family for money when we don't have anything, then this can't be the message. Right. Um, so I have this, I have this, uh. This scripture, Luke nine fifty one. Okay, and it reads. Yeah, that's the one that we read the other night. Right. A Samaritan village rejects the Savior. Oh no! What will the master do when the, <laughs> when the Samaritan village rejects the Savior? The Samaritans worship a different god. They have Burn different them. traditions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So let's read it, starting at uh, verse fifty one. Now it came to pass. When the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and set messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they did not, re but they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. So, here we have a Samaritan village that rejects the Savior, rejects Jesus as he's walking into the village because they know he is um, a controversial figure. Is that's, that why? Yeah, that's why they, you know... Uh, as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him, but they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. So, uh, you know, they've heard about this guy. They know he's controversial and um, they don't want anything bad to happen to them. Right. So this guy's controversial and they're just going to go ahead and say, Hey, just leave the town. All right. <laughs> and his disciples are like shocked. We're going to burn they're like, them. They're like, do you know who this is? <laughs> yeah, right. Do you have any effing idea who you're dealing with? And then they go to the master and they go, Lord, do you want us to command fire 
to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did. Yeah. But he turned and rebuked them. He didn't rebuke the Samaritans for saying, hey, look, you're too controversial. You really don't need any heat. We don't want to bring the heat down on us. So just bail, dude. Go to the next town. Right. He turned and rebuked his, his disciples. You do not know. You do not know what manner of spirit you are of. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you're saying. Basically, that's yeah. what it sounds for, like. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. So the Son of Man did not come to destroy the people of the Samaritan village in context, right? Well, yeah, any man. Yeah, well, any man in 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 the uh, in the macro, but in the micro, that includes which, them. That includes them, okay. But also, it says, "But to save them." I came to save them. I came to save them. You're out of your freaking mind, pal. You don't know what spirit you are of. I came to. I did not come to destroy men's lives, but I came to save them. The Samaritans who worship a different god have different beliefs. What just now, who in modern day is like that? Well, just all the other spiritual traditions that aren't Christian. Yeah, any other right? religion. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so here we have a clear example of an entire village rejecting this rejecting the Lord and Jesus saying, Hey, you know what? I came to save them, not destroy them. Let's move on. Okay, then Right before they went to that Samaritan village, um, Jesus, uh, this is uh, Luke 9, verse 49. Jesus, uh, now John answered and said, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we forbid them because he did not follow with us. But Jesus said to him, do not forbid him. For anyone who is not against us is for us. This is right before that? Yep. Same Luke 9. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, right before it. Uh, so let's see. So King James is, but Jesus said to him, do not forbid him for he who is not against us is on our side. Mm-hmm. And then the new living is anyone who is not against us is for us. Okay. So they're walking on the, uh, they're walking down the road and at this point, Jesus is pretty popular. God, Gesundheit. Jesus is pretty popular. Um, the you. disciples are listening. And, and uh, John saw someone using some of the um, techniques that Jesus, using his name. Yeah, he's trying to cast out. I mean, I'm sure. sure trying to do what we're doing. Casting out demons in your name, and we forbid him because he did not follow us. So he didn't <laughs> yeah. go to our church. Hey, Jesus. This guy's casting out demons too. Using this guy's your, copying us. Using your stuff. He doesn't even come to our church. He doesn't even come to your sermons. What's the deal? Wow, dude. Who's this? this, this who's this? John. John. Oh my John. gosh, John. John. Master, we saw someone casting out demons right over here. In your name. Yeah, we forbid him though. We stopped him. So, so hold on, pal. <laughs> this guy is successfully casting out demons and well, you stopped yeah. him? Yeah, right. Why right. would you stop somebody from doing that? And that's what—that's my thought. That's what Jesus says. Because they couldn't do it. Remember that yeah, one? They went know. into that village. They couldn't do it. Yeah. So Jesus got really mad. But Jesus said to him, "Do not forbid him, for he who is not against us is on our side. For he who is not against us is on our side." Stop. <laughs> I love when you do that. Stop. Just stop. Yeah. Repeat that again. But Jesus said to him, <laughs> "Do not forbid him, 
for he who is not against us is on our side. Wow. And and it sounds even better. That's huge. uh, In the modern day here. Anyone that's not against us. Yeah, but stop him. Don't stop him, he says. But Jesus said, don't stop him. Anyone who is not against you is for you. Boom. Anyone who is not against us is for us. Anyone who is not against you. So anyone who is not against us, that's a lot of people. (laughs) Anyone who is not against us. That's a lot of people. Okay, so let's see here. Um, uh, Jewish religion, they think he's a great prophet. Sounds like they're not against him. So that means they're for him. Mm -hmm. All right. And then we have Hindu who believe uh, the master is a god. Uh, If not the number one slot, Hindus have a lot of gods, but they think Jesus is a god and that he's like really top, 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 top. Yeah. That doesn't sound like. They're not against. That doesn't sound like they're against him. No. Hmm. That sounds more like close friends. Okay. <laughs> sounds like close friend. Okay. That's true. Okay. So that sounds good. Uh, we've got the Muslims and uh, they think that Jesus is um, a great prophet and uh, miracles. And he also, in the Muslim religion, he also has the, um, uh, the appointed job of defeating all evil at the end of time in Armageddon, much like the, uh, uh, much like the Bible. And, and Christians believe. Christians believe he's going to destroy all evil at the end of the world. Right. And Muslims believe Jesus is going to destroy all evil at the end of the world. Really? That's a really big similarity. So it doesn't sound like Muslims are against Jesus either, does it to you? No. Also, some of the uh, greatest archaeological, uh, I think Mary and Joseph's home is in the Muslim nations, and they actually... Um, you know, keep it up. It's a national monument and, you know, they, they keep really good care of it. I mean, they, Muslims revere Jesus in a lot of ways. So wow. that doesn't sound like they're against him. Not at all. Okay. So anyone who is not against us is for us. So we got the Jews, we got the Hindus, the Muslims, and then we got the Buddhists who came before Christians and, uh, it's all about, you know, uh, having a healthy mind and a positive outlook and not taking anything to do not love the world as, as the master would say, or, yeah. or anything in it. Yeah. We just did that. Yeah. In an so episode. Buddhism is basically that, mm-hmm. right? Do not love the world or anything in it and, and, uh, know that suffering comes from your, um, your messed up mind, you know, listening to your ego, listening to the accuser. So that doesn't sound like it's against him either. And the master says, anyone who is not against us is for us. Okay, so we just named, uh, you know, the most popular. Three other major religions. Yeah, four other major spiritual uh, disciplines. Mm -hmm. And they're all not against him. Right. So then, according to the master himself, they're for him. And anyone that is for the Lord, I don't think he's going to send to any type of terrible place. And I mean, why would you? They're for you. Remember, the disciples just got done going, hey, you want to send fire and brimstone on these people? And he goes, what? I came to save men's lives, not destroy yeah. them. And those are the Samaritans, so they're not against him. And then you have this guy that was just kind of co-opting the name of Jesus and sending out demons. And he says, hey, anyone who is not against us. This is big. 
I mean, this is big news. There's a lot of people. There's 6 billion people in the world, according to the screens. And so how many do you think are... 2.6 are active Christians, right? Something like that. Yeah, like 3 billion. Yeah. 2.6. But I think Muslim has the biggest... Uh, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, the, 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 the point is 6 billion people, we have the spiritual disciplines, the major ones, aren't against them. And right. Then, and then we have people that just don't care about religion or spirituality anyway. The and, ones that don't even know okay, him the ones that don't about him. Okay, so, yeah, that's a good point. So if they don't know him or about him, or they don't even care about any religion or spirituality. There's a lot of people like that, too. Okay, great. Would you consider those people against him? No, not at all. They're not against Why anything. Yeah, right. They just avoid the subject altogether. So yeah, anyone like your, great, like your grandpa, right? So anyone who is not against us is for us. So now we have the four disciplines that are not against him. So they must be for him, according to his own words. And then we have the people that just you know they're just uh, uh, ambivalent to the whole thing. They're not against him. Right. They're from. We're talking a large majority of the planet now. That's great news. That this is huge good news, yeah. And then you have uh, the woman at the well, who is also a Samaritan. Oh, that's right. Who starts, you know, freaking out because Jesus wants water from her because they're not supposed to be drinking from the same well. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And Jesus tells her that, oh no, soon, you know, soon we're all going to be. You, you will know who, you know, we'll all know who the true God is, and it's all, you know, we'll all be together worshiping from the same, you know, worshiping the same God. And so that's another example of a person that just, you know, didn't get it. And, 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 and when she did, she ran back to her village to tell everybody that, you know, Hey, we do, we do love the same God as, as the Jews. You know, she was really excited about it because uh, the Samaritans at the time uh, were kind of put upon. Uh, they, well, who they were they worshiping? Uh, at the time? I'm not sure. You'd have to look it up, but they couldn't worship the same places and, uh, Jews couldn't talk to them or shouldn't, oh. and things like that. A lot of division. Yeah. And Jesus basically met her at the well and told her, yeah, the, you know, it's the illusion of separation, basically. Right, right. And so she got right. really happy and uh, ran and started telling. So, so that's what we're doing, too. We're really happy that we discovered this and that the Holy Spirit showed it to us. Um, and so, you know, a town rejects him and he says he comes to save them. A looky Lou is using his uh, name to cast out demons. And the disciples go, hey, that's not fair. And he says. He <laughs> stops them dead. No, no, don't stop. Anyone who is, uh, who is not against us is for us. Pretty broad. I mean, that's beautiful. Thank you, Lord. I know. That's pretty amazing. What a, what a sweetheart. Saying that to his homeboys. Right. And so, um, so this is what we mean by spiritual friends. So now that we know that, and if you couple that with. Uh, the Holy Spirit will bring you uh, knowledge of all things. And so, you know, the Bible has a beginning and an end. So then it doesn't encompass all things. So where would those all things come from? Well, they would come from a lot of different places. A lot of different spiritual, spiritual friends. Spiritual friends. Exactly. And then how do you Forever dis- friends. Right. Forever friends. <laughs> Forever friends. Um, and then how do you discern that? You discern it. Yes, you discern it because you know the Holy Spirit. And, you know, the more you do this and the more you surrender, uh, the more it's transparently obvious what is Holy Spirit. And so we're going to go into some of those now. Um, And we're going to start with you want to, you have some pulled up there? Who you want to go with first? 
Uh, you want to go to Sermon on the Mount? We can do that. Or you want to go to... Uh, what happened there? Here it is. All right, go for it. I don't have one keyed up yet, though. Oh, okay. So we'll go. I'll go with uh, Dr. Joseph Murphy. He's one of our dearest spiritual friends that got the download from the Holy Spirit and and wrote a bunch of books uh, based on these um, on these teachings. Um, Dr. Joseph Murphy was a prominent writer and speaker in the New Thought movement known for his teachings on the power of the subconscious mind and the use of positive affirmations. While there may be some principles uh, or concepts that align with certain passages from the Bible, it's important to note that they are distinct sources with, di- with different contexts. Uh, here are a few concepts found in both Dr. Joseph Murphy's teachings and the Bible. So, uh, so here are a few concepts found in both Dr. Joseph Murphy's teachings and the Bible. Power of belief and faith. Number one, Dr. Joseph Murphy emphasizes the power of belief and faith in shaping one's reality and achieving desired outcomes. Similarly, the Bible teaches about the significance of faith and the power it holds. For example, Mark 9, verse 23 states, everything is possible for one who believes. And when Dr. Joseph Murphy is talking uh, about the subconscious mind, um, he kind of uses that analogy as a Trojan horse for the Holy Spirit. You know, we're always trying to get around the world's, uh, uh, the world has everybody thinking a certain way. Confinements of, of yeah, this world. Yeah, the, the confinements, the, the way the world confines your mind to a certain way right. of thinking about things. Your beliefs. So, yeah, so if Dr. It, Joseph- it, it imprisons your beliefs. Right, it does. If, if Dr. Joseph Murphy came out and said the Holy, the power of the Holy Spirit, only a certain segment of the population would buy that book. Oh, for and sure. And it would be a population that already is on kind of is is on that pathway going that direction. If he calls it the power of the subconscious mind and backs that up with other studies and things like that, like we kind of like we do on the show, uh, then that will get other people to kind of look into it without any type of um, reservations or prejudices going in. Um, and so that's why. Dr. Joseph Murphy, uh, he uses a lot of those analogies, science analogies, and then he'll throw in the Bible as well. Right. Uh, it reminds me of the show, really. He's, he's, he's a real inspiration. And what's funny is I only found Dr. Joseph Murphy after my spiritual awakening, after I got the download from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And you were a witness to that. We, we talk about these concepts, and then much later we go and find these books, and we're like, wow, these people got the same message that we did, and then I did. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was really, that's really cool. We, uh, number two, um, affirmations and positive thinking. Dr. Joseph Murphy promoted the use of positive affirmations and positive thinking to reprogram the subconscious mind. Uh, the Bible also encourages believers to focus on positive and uplifting thoughts. Look at there. In Philippians 4, verse 8, it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And that goes right along with Dr. Joseph Murphy. I mean, that alone is a positive affirmation. If you woke up every morning and just said Philippians 4.8 out loud or in your mind, you'd have, you're starting off your day great. I know. 
see, there's no point in focusing on anything that is right. So finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, okay. But what if you reversed it and how awful that would sound, right? Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is false, whatever is ignoble, whatever is wrong, whatever is corrupted, whatever is ugly, whatever is uh, uh, immoral, if anything is horrible or or crappy, think about such things. (laughs) (laughs) How would that change your world if you, you know what I mean? If that was your teaching, if that's what you were learning and that's what you were doing? Yeah. I guess the world would look a lot like it looks right now, wouldn't it? Yeah. What if we did this though? What if we actually did this? What if we, what if we um, thought about things that are right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy? What if we only thought about those things? I think a lot. <laughs> your life would change. Doesn't, dude? I've never asked. Sure. That, I've never asked that question, but it sounds rhetorical, doesn't the, it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. It, it sounds like a rhetorical question. Like, like I, I feel like I have a dunce cap on. <laughs> like, why aren't I doing that? Yeah. Look, you're doing some comedy with a buddy or something. That's one thing. But when, you know, you're doing it when you're not with your buddy, it's not comedy. To everyone you meet. Yeah. When you get frustrated or angry or whatever. Now you really are. Th- I mean, think about it. Like, look, I look at. Instagram and, and, and TikTok videos too, okay? Right. And usually the most of them are spirituality or, or funny or something like that. But you know, when there's one on there, what Tom Brady I'm a big Tom Brady fan, you know. Yeah. And and Giselle, I really want him and his wife to stay married and stuff. And so whenever I see something like that pop up, I wanna, you know, check it out and you know, Tom's hanging out with the boys, you know, he's acting like a twenty five year old at his age and Giselle's in jujitsu class with her kids, spending all this time with her kids, and Tom's out, you know, doing his thing. And I start getting, and I go, "No, Tom, you're not going to date her. Oh no, you're not going to do that. Oh no, you're not going to do that." <laughs> you know, so now my mind is thinking of these things that are just gar- it's just garbage, you know, it, it, and it's fleeting in the moment. Um, you know, it's just kind of fun. And then I talk to, you know, it's just a fun little, uh, what do I call it, mind candy, right? Yeah. But it is, it's not healthy for you. And it's not helping anything either. If you want them to stay married, then think about what is whatever is noble, whatever is right, admirable. whatever is pure, whatever yeah. is lovely, whatever is admirable. I like that part, whatever is lovely. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And how often do we not do that? All the time. All the time. <laughs> Very often. <laughs> if we really and and listen, don't forget, it's not it's not a all or nothing proposition i'm just human bro and i most of the time want to think about the worst right or just garbage <laughs> you know stuff I mean? you know the bad candy. stuff that happened that right. just happened right or you know they, they're running a new movie it's it's you know whatever it is and it's, it's something negative I, I, sure. you know, i'm getting to this point where it's like not even watch it almost like watching anything that is like ultra violent or something or or even horror movies are horror trending movies definitely trending you know what i mean like it's not good for your mind because your mind is so powerful yeah right putting right, that right, stuff right. into your into your mind is could be dangerous let alone you know not thinking about whatever is noble or whatever is lo- not lovely you know <laughs> you know what i mean oh my gosh dude i got a friend that i talked to earlier tonight 
and they started dating someone. Okay. And they're like, oh my gosh, what if he's an axe murderer? Because <gasps> I'm, I'm asking natural, like, just questions like, did they have past relationships? How did those work out? How come they didn't work out? These are things I would ask. She's like, you know, I was thinking earlier, what if he's an axe murderer? I'm like, you really got to stop watching that trash that you're watching on TV. She likes the murder mystery shows. Yeah, you know right, I mean? right. But like, trying not, to solve. Not murder she wrote and not the Hardy Boys. Oh, no, no, no. We're this talking is like, like axe murder. Mind of a killer. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, we found the DNA, like all that. The oh crime shows. God. They whatever, have shows you know? called The Mind of a Killer. And so then <laughs> we spend the whole hour in yeah. The Mind of a Killer. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. we put our minds yeah. on. You see what I'm saying? The system goes against every word oh, every all bit the time of teaching so if the so if and it doesn't matter any spiritual discipline would say it says this okay right. if you so they do the exact opposite okay so what's the, you can see the you can see uh you know the bad guys right already okay look we have their game plan they're going to try to get their guys to think about things that are lovely admirable noble right uh you know excellent praiseworthy so what are we how are we going to stop them i know We'll make television shows, magazines, movies. Mm. We'll make everything that's the exact opposite. So make sure they're not lovely. Make sure they're not noble. Make sure they're not excellent. Or Even the ones like a Braveheart is still a bloody mess, right? You're seeing yes. huge amounts of people. And listen, I love Braveheart. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm just saying this is, this is an idea. Right. What if, we, you know, the more we, it's not an all or nothing. Moment to moment, you know, if we can just do this a little bit. Yeah. Things will change. All right. Number three, inner wisdom and intuition. Dr. Joseph Murphy uh, spoke about the inherent wisdom. That's that still small voice. And intuition within individuals and the importance of accessing and trusting it. That's that's the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's huge. The Bible also recognizes the presence of inner guidance and wisdom. That thing doesn't lie, bro. I know. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Boom, boom, boom. Inherent wisdom and intuition within individuals. And the Father is in me and I am in you. I am the light. You are the light. He is in me. I am in you. He is in me. I am in you. (laughs) And so here we have that again. Right. right. And, and, and Dr. Joseph Murphy's talking about, Hey, you know, it's important to trust it. It's important to access it. Yeah. Um, meditation. Okay. Here's another thing. You can't find a spiritual discipline that, that doesn't, uh, that doesn't promote meditation. The Bible promotes it multiple, hundreds of times. Meditate Buddhism. on these things. Buddhism. That's all they, they basically do is incorporate <laughs> right? meditation. They need to be doing a little bit more than just meditating. No, I'm teasing. No. <laughs> but, but yeah, right? Because they're like the, they're one of the oldest religions besides right. Hinduism. So, and Hinduism, they meditate and, uh, and uh, the Muslims. They're Speaking to God, man. That's all right. they do. Muslims are in prayer three times a day. Is it morning, noon, and night, right? They have to. They, they go to a certain, really? yeah, I think they, I think they go and I think they do a whole kneel. 20 or 24 hour shifts, I think, three days a week. They're like firemen. <laughs> I think, you know, uh, and I believe that, uh, uh the Jews also pr- deep prayer, meditation, eyes closed, the whole thing. Uh, this is another thing that, that is in all the spiritual disciplines. 
I don't know if there's a spiritual discipline that doesn't incorporate meditation. That, that's what I'm saying. So, I don't think there is. So one. how do they all is get this? How did they all get the? How did they all get the same message? <laughs> right, right, right. Because it's the same. Because it's love. That's why. Yeah. Because it's the spirit. Um. Uh, okay, so Dr. Joseph Murphy, uh, Murphy, Dr. Joseph Murphy, uh, discusses um, reaping and sowing. Um, you know, the way you think is going to attract certain things to you and, and the things you believe right. uh, are going to, you know, uh, the world's going to rationalize itself around that, right? And the Bible touches on the principle of reaping what one sows and the importance of focusing on positive and righteous things. Uh, Galatians 6, uh, verse 7 states, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Uh-huh. Right. Get reaped. We always get, <laughs> we love talking about that. Get reaped. Yeah. Uh, okay. I was taking a uh, my friend Jerry. You know. Yeah. The elderly guy. I had to. Take I love Jerry. Yeah. I took him up to the doctor uh, in Mission Viejo, and I was uh, I was annoyed by what was going on, uh, just in my business life, and I was. We had, I had some music on. I was thinking in my mind, and I was starting to get negative. Murphy. Okay, so <laughs> don't say Murphy. So we have uh, Tim is acting really goofy tonight. He's so goofy. I started back at work, if, man. If you weren't sober for five years, I swear to God, I think you're drunk, man. For real? Yeah. Yeah, you're so goofy. You mean anyway, sometimes I feel high when I'm hanging out with you. Hey, that's a blessing. Thank you. Um, so there it is, Dr. Joseph Murphy, one of our uh, one of our favorite spiritual friends. Tim has a uh, Emmett, um, Emmett Fox. Yeah, right? so I've been reading Emmett Fox. Um, I got a quote here. It says, "If you could only love enough, you could be the most powerful person in the world." That's it. <laughs> that's what Jesus <laughs> says. I mean, that's what that the sounds like says. Jesus. Yeah, it does. Say it again. If you could only love enough. You could be the most powerful person in the world. Yeah. No, truly, truly, I say to you, if you had the faith of a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move, and it would. Hey, listen to this one, though. I Actually, I just saw one, and, and it reminded me of that. A small spark can start a great fire. Emmett Fox. That's it. That's the that's, that's the Holy that's, Spirit. That sounds like the mustard seed. Yeah, yeah. That's the uh, and the um, the Gnostic Christians also talked about the divine spark. Really? Yeah, within you that has to ignite, and it only comes when you've you know each individual has their own uh, proverbial wall that they hit before they open themselves. You know, you've heard the old adage that you know Jesus is knocking at the door; you just have to open it, right? Yeah. So. It's the same type of idea, the divine spark. Here's another one, Emmett Fox, right? Uh, the the root of all difficulties is a lack of the sense of the presence of God. Over my head. Say it again. The root of all difficulties is a lack of the sense of the presence of God. Yes. The root of all difficulties is the lack of a sense of the presence of God. Right. You, when you're looking at things as if you're separate. Wow. Now, wait, yeah. hold on. <laughs> that one's huge. That's some synchronization here on the show. Right. We just talked about that in the last episode. And this is the, I've never heard this quote from him before. 
The root of all difficulties is a the lack. The root of all, all difficulties. All difficulties. Not some. The root of a few. No. The root of all difficulties is looking at things as if you are separate from God. And right. that the things you're looking at are separate from God. Whether it's the bad guys, the good guys, the spider in the corner, the monster under your bed, whatever it is, you are one with it. There is a presence of God. There is God everywhere. Therefore, you are perfect just as you are. As you are right then and there. Right. At all times. Right. Yeah, no more self-judgment. Okay, that's Uh, great. Emmett Fox, uh, I wanted to say this. Uh, Emmett Fox, he was uh, born in 1886, (laughs) died in uh, 1951, was an Irish New Thought spiritual leader of the early 20th century, primarily through years of the Great Depression until his death in 1951. Fox's large divine science uh, services were held in New York City. Uh, he studied New Thought from the time of his late, from the time of his late teens, discovering uh, his healing powers. So he believed he healed people. He came to know the prominent New Thought writer, Thomas Troward. Fox attended the London meeting at which the International New Thought Alliance was organized in 1914. He mm-hmm. gave his first New Thought talk in Mortimer Hall in London in 1928. And then soon he went to the United States. And, uh, yeah, so there's a little overview. Oh, connection to Alcoholics Anonymous? I never knew this. Really? Yeah, Fox's secretary in New York was the mother of one of the men who worked with AA co-founder Bill Wilson. Oh, wow. Partly as a result of this connection, early AA groups often went to hear Fox. His writing, especially Sermon on the Mount, became popular in AA. Several pamphlets, The Golden Key and The Seven Main Aspects of God, are also widely read. Did you know that? I didn't. Wow. Although I did hear of Emmett Fox and Sermon on the Mount from a guy that has 40 years. Oh, okay. So So that's great. That makes sense. Makes sense, but he has a direct connection there. Yeah, that's wow. cool. That's a, that is cool. All right, you have another. Uh, you want to show us? Uh, there was one more. I just wanted to throw this in because <laughs> we were talking about prayer and meditation and pr- pretty much every religion. Yeah, like we can't think of a belief system or, or a spiritual discipline that doesn't have meditation. Right. This is also a, just a quote from Emma Fox. If you have no time for prayer and meditation. You will have lots of time for sickness and trouble. There it is. I love it. It's <laughs> so it. hilarious. That's a clap. Dude. Let's do it. That, that is a clap. <laughs> say it again. Say it again. If you have no time for prayer and meditation, you will have lots of time for sickness and trouble. <laughs> That's just the way your grandpa would say it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it does. Dude, that is killer. I like that. I want That's that. Funny. That's a bumper sticker. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make for that. Sure. You know what? Write that down in the notes. I want to make a bumper sticker of that. And we'll give a little Emmett Fox at the bottom too. That's pretty that cool. That one's good. That if you don't cool. if you don't make if you don't have what is it? If you don't <laughs> if make you time? Don't, if you have no time oh, yeah. for prayer and yeah, meditation. I don't have time for that. <laughs> right, right, right. If you have no time for prayer and meditation, you will have lots you of got time. Plenty of time for, for sickness. sickness. <laughs> And trouble. Sickness and trouble. I, lo- I thought he was going to say suffering. <laughs> I, th- I was thinking destruction. Uh, really? Wow. <laughs> Jeez, you sound like the, the disciples leaving the town, the Samaritan town. Yeah, you want to throw some fireballs, fireballs. at these people? Hey, Jesus, what's your problem? <laughs> Jesus, is like, what's your problem? Come here, to, we're, we're here, literally here to save people, and you want to destroy them? Oh my uh, gosh! Let's so, go cut off their ear. Okay, good. Uh, that one's great. Uh, nice one-liner. 
And then I also wanted to go to Okay, the next one, uh, we want to bring up spiritual friends. I love these friends. Uh, the next one is James. Forever friends. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. James Allen. He's yeah. an author. Uh, James Allen, uh, 1864, he was born, died in 1912, was a British philosophical writer known for his inspirational books and poetry and is a pioneer of the uh, self-help movement. His best-known work as a man thinketh has been mass-produced since its publication in 1902. It has been a source of inspiration to motivational and self-help authors. Um, okay. I, I want to say this thing uh, right here. His wife. Okay. Following his death in 1912, his wife continued publishing the magazine under the name The Epoch. Uh, Lily Allen summarized her husband's literary mission in the preface of one of his posthumously published manuscripts, foundation stones to happiness and success saying so this is his wife talking about him right you know james he he never wrote theories or for the sake of writing but he wrote when he had a message and it became a message only when he had lived it out in his own life and knew that it was good thus he wrote facts which he had proven by practice so he would get a download exactly and write it and, no, or it, practice it. Practice it. And it worked. And then write, then write it. it. That's sick. Uh, James Allen, British uh, philosophical writer. Uh, f- and uh, here's some of uh, his teachings and then uh, some of the Bible teachings that kind of coincide. Uh, power of thoughts and mind, just like we talk about here on the Purple Pill. Uh, James Allen emphasizes the power of thoughts and the mind in shaping one's life and experiences like Buddhism and mm-hmm. Dr. Joseph Murphy and the Bible. Remember, put your mind on beautiful things. And As uh, a man think it, that's uh, actually right. a scripture. Right. And the mind and shaping one's life and experience. Yeah, so is he. As a man thinketh, so is he. Similarly, mm-hmm. the Bible teaches about the significance of thoughts and the renewal of the mind. For example, Philippians 4, verse 8 states, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right. Oh, yeah. If anything is excellent, praiseworthy, think about such things. Um, and then, uh, how a man thinketh, I can't find it. It's a Psalm though. It is. Yeah. That's where it's from. It is Psalms. Yeah. Um, personal responsibility and choice. Both James Allen and the Bible emphasize personal responsibility and the power of individual choices. Allen encourages individuals to take charge of their thoughts and actions while the Bible emphasizes personal accountability. In Joshua 24 verse 15, it is written, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Um, inner peace and serenity. James Allen writes about the importance of inner peace and serenity in finding happiness and fulfillment. Similarly, the Bible teaches about the peace that comes from a relationship with God. The peace, uh, Philippians four verse seven says in the peace of God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's amazing. The peace of That's God huge, yeah. transcends all understanding. So the peace will transcend all understanding. It will guard your hearts and your minds. I love how that's thrown in there. You know, the, It's going to guard your heart and your mind. And what do we say in, in the, on this show, in this podcast? When your thoughts align with that emotion in your heart, um, that's when the power, that's when the, rash, that's when the uh, manifestation of either good or, or evil is going to come out into your in your you life. You can shape your reality. You change your, you shape your reality, and you're you're giving to that polarity consciousness, good or you know light or dark. 
And it says here that what two things are going to be guarded? Yeah, your heart and your mind. Wow. So that's that's uh, James. Do we have some James Allen? Do you have a couple of? Uh, no, I do wanted to say uh, that we are both wrong, and it's not Psalms; it's Proverbs, uh, Proverbs. twenty-three seven. As okay. a man thinketh, so is he. Yeah, it's Proverbs. Sorry, not Psalms. Proverbs. Yeah. Thank you for that. And then um, I wanted to do one with um, Hinduism. And here's some uh, uh, teachings from the Bible and Hinduism that sir that share similar themes. Remember, this is this is about discerning, and you know, is this from the Holy Spirit or isn't it? And these, so we can see that James Allen uh, is a spiritual friend of the Holy Spirit because anyone that's not against us is for us. We could see all the things that he was teaching was using the Bible as reference, and he was uh, pushing the message along its way, right? And so here we have the Hindus who revere Jesus at a high level and believe he is a God, um, seeking the truth Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, John 8, verse 32, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you oh, free. One of yeah. our favorites. I love that one. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And Free Hindu, of what? Uh, well, I'll get to that. But Hindu, uh, truth alone triumphs. Okay, so then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free, Bible. In the Hindu, right. it is truth alone triumphs. I mean, does that does that sound like Holy Spirit to you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that coincides. <coughs> yeah. Um, now, your question, free of what? And that's, you know, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So how the do you discern that? bondage of yourself. True freedom comes from the knowing that you are one with God, mm-hmm. then nothing can ever, you can never be worried about anything. Once you really get it done and you start exercising these, uh, shadows and demons within you, right. and I'm using that metaphorically, then nothing can, you know, that's why you can, you can be happy in the face of danger. That's where real courage comes from. Um, and if you read or see, or the screen tells you something or your friend tells you something, and it doesn't make you feel free, then it's not the truth. Yeah, so that's the best yeah, way I like yeah. it. To you know, you hear some kind of fear mongering story. Does that set you free, or does it bond your mind into some kind of these uh, are these red d- flags? Yeah, yeah. That d- we're going to be doing an episode on. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, if anything is is popping up that doesn't make you feel free, then it's not the truth. Yeah. The truth that you are one with God. Mm-hmm. That's the ultimate truth that sets you free, and anything you see or exposed to That's that doesn't give you that gives feeling you a of, feeling of separation. Yeah, feeling of separation, feeling of uh, fear, less than, less than. That's not freedom, right? Because now you're worried about something. That's not free. The birds don't worry; they know it's provided. That's freedom. That's the kind of freedom we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, number two: control of the mind and senses. Proverbs uh, 25, verse 28, like a city whose walls are broken, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. Hindu, for him who has conquered the mind, the mind is the best of friends. But for one who has failed to do so, his very mind will be the greatest enemy. Let's just, you know what? (laughs) Thank you, Hindu spiritual friend. 
The Bible, like a city whose walls are broken through, is a person who lacks self-control. For him who has conquered the mind, the mind is the best of friends. But for one who has failed to do so, his very mind will be the greatest enemy. Uh, Moral responsibility, Bible. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Hindu. Work done as a sacrifice for God has to be performed. Otherwise, works. Otherwise, work binds one to this material world. So when you do things, you want to do them for the kingdom. Right. And then you'll seek, be, and then seek first the kingdom. Right. And then you can, that's sowing and reaping. You can right. keep reaping more love and, 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 uh, uh, you know, you sow gratitude, uh, you reap blessings, things like this. Um, right. And then, uh, number four, humility and non-egoism. The Bible, do nothing out of self-ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Uh, Hindu, abandon all varieties of religion and just surrender unto me. I mean, I get, I'm get. i following you now. I mean, all this is pretty much saying the same thing, and it's all, uh, you know, putting God first and, and less about yourself and this world. Right? More about God. And all about God. Right. Just, we, we got to get rid of those negative thoughts. We've, we've got to stop judging ourselves and others. We need to try to love as unconditionally as possible. We got to stop seeing the separation and everything. It's us versus them. It's them against us. It's the, it's the Nephilim or it's the, you know, the bad guys over there. It's the, it's the good guys over here. And, you know, it's just a struggle over and over. And, uh, you can't, Stop suffering and pain by wanting justice for the bad, the quote unquote bad guys that will cause suffering and pain to their family or whatever. You know, it's just a round around, you know, an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. Right. So I know it sounds a little cliche, but we just haven't tried this. Let's set our minds on the beautiful things. We've gone through some uh, small snippet samples of some spiritual friends. We covered, uh, four spiritual disciplines that are not against the master. So Mm -hmm. therefore they must be for him. And we gave some similarities, uh, in the master's teachings in the Bible. And, and that coincides with, uh, the other spiritual disciplines. And clearly there's a unification. There's a, there's a, uh, a spirit that covers all of them that is consistent. Mm -hmm. And it, uh, it's about truth and protecting your mind and protecting your heart love and controlling your thoughts it's about love controlling your mind and god and keeping god first right and uh and that wraps it up for the episode spiritual friends thanks for listening everybody yeah we'll see you next time we love you